This is the Mobile Tech Podcast, brought to you by worldpodcasts.com. Now here's your host, Tank Girl, Miriam Joie. Brought to you by Audible. Stay tuned for a special offer at the end of the show. Hi, and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Joie, and today is Tuesday, January 3rd, 2023. We are in Nevada, in the desert, at a racetrack, and I have Malta Sievert here of Mercedes, who's going to talk to us about the EQXX. This is a car I have ridden on as a passenger, I've driven, and you guys are showing again here, and I'm mm -hmm. super excited about the technology in this car. Mm -hmm. So I want to thank Mercedes, by the way, for bringing us to Las Vegas and putting us up. That was super awesome. And so Malta... There's a few things that are really standing out to me in the technology in this car. It's, it's kind of breaking a lot of rules, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. that's kind of what I want to talk about mm -hmm. with you. Okay. Efficiency is the key. And you guys are really focusing on that by doing things like passive cooling, mm -hmm. right? Like you're not using liquid cooling on the battery, for example. And that makes the pack smaller and lighter with the same kind of energy density. And you're using a rear motor only in this particular car for efficiency. And then there's Eero. And so walk us through all the different steps that okay. really make the tech unique on this car compared to like the production EVs that my audience is familiar with. Yeah, gotcha. So we started in the middle of 2020 yeah. with this car. And our original like goal or, or task or whatever you want to call it was to build a full electric car that can actually go further than a thousand kilometers or further than 620 miles okay. on a single charge, right? right? So that was the the big kicker at, at, at the start. That's what we wanted to build. Right. And we realized basically at the first step, first day, that we got to go, like you said, like we got to put all these new technologies in Break there. Break the rules. Do it right. Put everything like away that we did before and yeah. just start fresh, start fully fresh. Because that is a lot further than we've ever gone with any other fully electric vehicle. Yeah. And so you need to like find new ways of doing it, right? If you, if you want to go further, you got to get new technologies in there. And that's what we did. And, and like you said before, it's a, whole, it's a whole bunch of technologies, right? It's not one thing. You might think you could just get ginormous battery, right? With a huge amount of energy in it. Which, like, in theory, you can do. We yeah. just don't feel like that's going to get us where we want to go. That's kind of what Lucid right. is doing in a way, right? But they're not they're doing it the traditional way, right? Like, sort they're not of. bringing that many rules. I mean, we still, to be fair, we still want to have as much energy in there as possible, right? We want to get I mean, the yeah. density as high as possible. But we realized we got to be efficient. Like, the key to the success of a car like this is efficiency. Right. And that's why you need efficient technologies in there. So we have a 100 kilowatt pack, roughly, usable, right? right? yeah. And it is, remind me how much smaller and lighter it is than an equivalent like EQS uh -huh. pack. Right. So the, in comparison to the EQS right now, it's like roughly 50% less in volume and 30% less in weight. So what is roughly the weight of the car to give people perspective? Right. So this is, so going in, in uh, like SI European measurements, right? So it's uh, 1,750 kilograms. Uh -huh. I think that's like 3,850-ish pounds, roughly, right. So right? in that area. pretty light for even an EV, a, you know, a generally yeah. a 100 kilowatt style mm -hmm. EV. Mm -hmm. So, okay, so that's a big savings right there. And then in size, it means you can make a car that's really sleek, right? This is a four-door, four-seater, kind mm -hmm. of a coupe, sporty GT mm -hmm. car. And you're not sacrificing any comfort and any performance, I think. I mm -hmm. mean, I've, I've driven the car, and that's the other thing that blows my mind. Rear motor, mm -hmm. single motor, and it is about 200-something, 300 horsepower, and mm -hmm. it feels way faster because you have so, so much less weight to move around. Yep. And then, of course, it improves the handling because you don't need air suspension anymore. You can do simpler suspension system. Mm -hmm. So every component gets lighter. Right, yep. and that adds to the final tally of weight saving. Yep. So, talk us through some of the decisions that were made at, like the the motor, the braking, the suspension setup to reduce. Mm -hmm. Now that we have a lighter battery to start mm -hmm. with, so the it is a four door coupe. Right. But we didn't start out like we we didn't decide we want to build a four door coupe. We basically found the form of the car while thinking about what we wanted to achieve with the car. Right. right. So this is really the shape and the concept you need to have a car that can travel that far with that yeah. little amount of energy. Plus you had to do the aero, right? The aero is so critical. So Super you had to critical. really design yeah. the car around the yeah. aero 
but you made it look good. So what I love about this car personally is that it's a concept, guys, but it's not. It's, it drives. You get in the car, it feels like a production car. All the buttons work. Everything is there. It just feels like a car from 10 years from now, but exists today. That's the thing mm -hmm. that blows my mind that you did. Mm -hmm. So the, there's a whole bunch of things when we try to, like, we basically, as you do, you create a concept, you look at all the individual areas of development of a car that you can optimize, and then you need to prioritize, basically, right? You have some things that are more important and that just have a, a larger lever on efficiency than others, right? Mm -hmm. and as you've said, like, aerodynamics is key with a car like this yeah. because we want to travel fast. This car is really built for, for highways and the Autobahn in Germany and in Europe. So because we want to travel fast, that's why aerodynamics is so important. Right. If, if we build a, a city car, It'd be a slightly different story, yeah, right? for sure. And yeah. it's, but it's not the goal, right? The goal is you're trying to make a car that's a Mercedes in the tradition of a Mercedes. Mm -hmm. You know, Autobahn-capable cruiser GT, puts the pedal and it goes yep. kind of experience. Want to cross the continent, basically. Yeah, yeah. That kind of car. A thousand kilometers. Yep. Yeah. So, speaking of the little things you did, mm -hmm. for example, my thought was when I first saw the car was, oh, we'll have... Like the mirrors will be cameras, mm -hmm. but that's a great anecdote. I want you to tell us this story. Yeah, so we that's a, that was a fun one, yeah. and we discussed that for I think at least like half a year, maybe because uh -huh. the, like the first design models of it, and you might have seen it in Nice. Like we've we've shown it. We had mirror cams on here first, and that's what what we thought we were going to go with. And then what we did is basically took it apart because all sorts of departments have an influence on that, right? Because it's not just aerodynamics. Yeah. If you have a mirror cam, then you get this place in the car. You have wiring in there. Weight is always a thing you look at. Also, it's about what kind of house usage, right? So you want to have a nice, like the visibility of it all is, is important to it. So, and in the end, with this car, the rear view mirrors that we have on here now, they were just a better overall compromise for the car. And that's why we decided we need to go that way because right. we want to have the best efficiency compromise on it the car. It turns out the arrow on those mirrors was better than the weight you would have added by putting all the electronics. If you sum right? it all up, yeah, basically, yeah, right. And so yeah. that goes to show how sometimes you simplify, you simplify. Mm -hmm. And maybe just as a like, little side, side info there, if you look at like normal mirrors right now, those are different than this one, right? We have all sorts of things in there. Like we started putting them in there over the years, right? Kinds of blinkers, projectors, yeah. sensors, all sorts of things. Uh -huh. That makes them real big, right? right? And there's a price you pay for having a mirror that big. Right. So we really like focus down on efficiency and this is why this looks different now, but I think we're really happy with the result of it. And I think it's, it's important for the industry to like refocus on things like this, right? We've built mirrors like this for hundred years now, mm -hmm. and this is maybe like a little bit, like it gives it a heritage look in a way, I think with the right. car, which I like, I like that because the mirror cam, you could look at it as sort of like, it's sort of like non-realistic right now because you don't see it that much on cars and it's kind of like a trick we're pulling but we're not really pulling a trick here it's, it's just a it's normal a mirror yeah. but it's the most efficient and most aerodynamic and one i think it built. feels very familiar too for people so which mm -hmm. is great mm -hmm. so i'm very intrigued about the cooling system in this okay car, right like we talked about the the battery being essentially air cooled mm -hmm. and there's this cooling plate I think you used to call the motor, correct? Right. And then there's a radiator in the front, but it's only used in extreme cases when the car isn't moving, for example, in a very hot climate. So walk us through how you were able to kind of like, there was a domino effect of using this mm -hmm. battery system and the weight loss and all the other stuff that came from that, using mm -hmm. a smaller motor because you can still go as fast mm -hmm. with a small motor. And it's just the dominoes kept topping. Yeah. And then you get this really crazy cooling mm -hmm. system. Yeah. So you're totally right. We do have a, a passive cooling plate in the front that's on the bottom of the front of the car and air just streams over that. And whenever we want to cool the electric motor or the inverter, we can pump coolant through there and cool it down that way. Right. The great thing about that is it's not actually in the wind. So wind does stream over it, but it doesn't increase the drag coefficient of the car. Right. So we're basically drag neutral, which yeah. with this, like, that's perfect. That's what we want, right? No cost at all right. in terms of aero. We do have an active solution too. As you've said, we can open up shutters in the front, which more and more electric cars start doing that. Yeah. We've built that in for, in case we want to cross some mountain range somewhere or want to go faster than like we usually would, we can open that up. But this is like, we don't need to open that for like 140 kilometers an hour on the Autobahn. This right. is more for more like special, like slopes and stuff like that. Got it. Or right. stop yeah. and go yeah. traffic jam. One fun thing is so, which we've like sort of found out because we, you need to decide to put that in there right at the start, basically, yeah. right? But now with the overall system and the overall efficiency of the drivetrain, which is at 
we're only losing 5% of the energy on the way from the cell to the wheel. We're not creating a lot of feet. So now in the end, while using this car, and it's, I think it's nearly driven 20,000 kilometers now, mm -hmm. this, this thing, which I would have never thought we were going to do. It's kind of amazing. That's the other thing, compared to a normal concept. This thing has done miles. A lot, yeah, way more than I would have thought. I would have bet that we're not even doing half of that. But in the end, we're not using the active cooling a lot because we've cut down on, on heat creation so much which is basically the same as increasing the efficiency of the drivetrain. We're not losing energy in heat form, so we don't need to get rid of it. And then we don't need the cooling system to get rid of it. And then we get lighter, and that means less energy. And it's, it's that kind of spiral that dominoes we're just Dominoes toppling, dominoes, right. yeah, fantastic. Yeah. I want to talk quickly about Eero and then the infotainment before we wrap up. So mm -hmm. Eero, obviously the car you, you can see in the video here is really sleek but you have this active rear wing that's kind of positioned down low. It's really cool looking. And, and all this together with the, the lower weight just makes it like incredible aerodynamic. Like what's the mm -hmm. drag coefficient right now? So it's the, if the car is in the most aerodynamic setup, that means the front is closed, the shutters are closed, mm -hmm. no active cooling. Uh, and the diffuser in the back that you just talked about is fully extended. Then we're at 0.17 drag coefficient, which wow. is, uh, the best EQS setup you can get is right. 0.2, which is basically the best you can get in series production. production. Right now, yeah. And that step, it's kind of, those, <laughs> those coefficients are kind of tricky because it's such low numbers, yeah. right? You'd think 0.2 to 0.17 is not that much, but that is actually, that is quite a leap. That is, that is really incredible quite to me. far. But yeah. I think a lot of that to do is it's a very low, strong car, right? Because you don't have a thick battery module in the middle mm -hmm. between the front and rear axle. So you're able to put the driver, the passenger, the, you know, the cabin lower and mm -hmm. you reduce the frontal area and blah, 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 mm -hmm. again, dominoes. Mm -hmm. The infotainment is insanely cool. Mm -hmm. It's an entire micro LED panel that spans the entire dashboard, right? And you have basically made a bunch of optimizations around that. So mm -hmm. it's like, tell us a little bit about that. And I, I know that you have a solar panel on the roof as well sure thing. that yeah. adds more efficiency and helps power the infotainment when you stop, for mm -hmm. example, or whatever. And of course, the heating, cooling inside the car. You still need to cool the humans. We do. Heat so, them and cool So annoying. <laughs> well, it's nice when you're in the car. I know, right? <laughs> so tell us quickly about the infotainment sure. and yeah. what's different from what we're basically going to see five years, 10 years from now yeah. on a Mercedes. Yeah. So we do, as you said, we have a huge screen, pillar to pillar, has no seams in it, right? It's the next step up from the hyperscreen. So we had a lot of room to play with, right? A lot of canvas to fill, yeah. really, right? Yeah. Which is, that's, that's a new kind of challenge, right? Once you get to that level in terms of hardware, then you need to figure out the software for it, right? And right. that's what the team did. So what we have in there, which is really a fun thing to have with an efficiency car like this, we have a, a bunch of tech views, what we call them in there, which give you all kinds of data about the car, about what's happening in the situation right now, right? Just the a, just a live sensor data of it. So I love the view of the airflow over the car. So mm -hmm. you know you have a side wind or something. The fact that the car can sense that, Yep. display that on the screen yeah because that, that's super important like we looked at those kinds of like sensor values for the long drives that we did yeah. right that, that does have an impact on it for so sure. it's important to to inform the driver like what is the situation we can change how aerodynamically efficient this car is by getting the diffuser out opening the front closing the front there's a lot of stuff going on and it's just a fun way of seeing it in a like nice nice 3d model right that you can like look around and just get all the information about the no, car it's, it's pretty awesome i loved it mm -hmm. one final thing how can you explain to the audience why the battery is just air cooled and why that's not a problem because everybody sure. always asks mm -hmm. like it's not gonna work what if it's mm -hmm. hot what if it's cold mm -hmm. so basically that is also an early decision with a car like this because right. as you've said before it is a, it's a sleek car right it has a, a small frontal area and the, the battery cooling is part of that because the more stuff you put in a battery, the thicker it gets, right? So this cuts down on the, on, the, on the height of it. The reasons why this works here, it's a number, right? So what's important is what kind of cell you have in the battery. So, so it's a much, battery chemistry thing in part. Also, also, because the, the, uh, less, uh, the less heat is created in the battery during usage, the less heat you need to get rid of, right? Oh, yeah. We do have the, the, the ability to have the, the bottom of it basically also act like a cooling plate. So that's also metal. So heat can also be taken away from it. And the fun thing while using this car, and you've, you've different than imminent yeah. it was pretty hot back it's then, a, right? It's pretty great. It's basically always at ambient temperature. So right. we didn't have a lot of problems with that. One interesting caveat to take away from that. A lot of cars now, and we, we look at that too, 
focused on fast charging. We didn't do that with this car on purpose, right? We discussed it a lot, but in the end, we didn't choose that because then you would need huge cooling, right? right? We don't have that. Cool thing is though, because but the car- still charges fast. Don't get, right. no, it's yeah, not yeah. the same kind of fast as you used to in your normal EVs right now, but it's good enough to get you going on the road quickly. Especially if you look at how much mileage you, you get. get per time because that's really what we want mileage per time in the end the customer rightfully doesn't really care about what kind of number there is right what really matters is what mileage am i getting and here we are we are charging 300 kilometers per 15 minutes we didn't try to optimize that this is just a takeaway from focusing on efficiency and having a car that's it's really uh, doesn't take a lot of energy well, listen, yeah. Malta, we have to wrap up. So thank you so much for yeah. your in-depth look at the EQXX tech with me. Mm -hmm. I know there's so much more. Mm -hmm. We can't do it all in 15, 20 minutes, but I really appreciate that we tried. Yeah. And thanks again for being my guest on the show. And hopefully we'll have you on the show again. You're welcome. Man. And now, folks, I've got Nick Gray coming for the rest of the news. And, of course, all of CS 2023. So stay tuned for that. So, hey, folks, we're back with... Nick Gray, as promised, but I've managed to recruit Christian DeLooper as well. So, Fandroid on one side, BGR on, I, on the other. Let's fight. Uh, <laughs> Let's fight. That's what we're here for. <laughs> so, look, folks, it is January the 4th. It's the day before official CS, the second press day. Yep. We are racking our brains trying to figure out what to talk about. Okay. There's a lot to talk about, but we have to be selective. We have about 40 minutes to talk. So I'm thinking... Our heads are swimming. Yeah, there's so much. And we haven't quite decided yet what we feel are kind of like the, the CS moments. But we have some ideas, right, Nick? We do. I mean, there's some things that are the usual suspects that, you know, Lenovo announces a thousand things. And there's always a lot of smart home stuff. But there seems to be not a whole lot that truly stands out as yeah. far as, like, comes out of left field and surprises us. But there, Correct. there's a lot of good products that were announced this week. Yeah. What's yeah. your take on this? I mean, especially with the smart home stuff, all the cool stuff that's going to support Matter and all that kind of thing. That's the big story. Matter is finally here. Well, right? it's coming. Coming, yeah. Coming right? at some point we, this year. We have a product coming with Matter, <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm we'll actually excited yeah. about Matter. I wish Google had invited me to their thing, but, you know, you're going to tell us all about it on Fandroid, aren't you? We, we definitely are. Okay, good. If, if, <laughs> if they are exciting enough, because there's so many smart home products that are just, the announcement was, we are supporting Matter. Yeah. And I'm like, it's <laughs> not new. Yeah. And the, or we're rolling out Matter to products that, honestly, that's for me, that's the most exciting thing. We're yeah. backwards compatible, rolling out Matter to devices that are already on the market. Yeah. Which means consumers get a benefit for something they already purchased. The one exception amazing. seems to be Eve, which is shipping Matter compatible products soon. Eve. I don't have a specific date, but they did announce it. Yeah. Um, Remind me, Eve? Eve, uh, they've been making HomeKit products for quite oh, a while right. now. Okay. Eve Energy, they have a, a, a plug. Um, they have a, Wait, HomeKit is actually a thing? There are products on HomeKit? There are tons of great products on HomeKit. <laughs> I'm joking, but like I never see them. Like I just don't see them in people's homes. I, I go to people's homes and I see like, you know, Schlag locks or maybe some some August or I see like some Nest cameras, some Ring cameras. I see, you know, Philips Hue Hub, but I never see any HomeKit stuff. They're a bit slim pickings, which is why as someone who has a HomeKit home running i'm oh, so excited do. about matter yeah me and my wife we use apple because she uses iphone it's just easier for us mm -hmm. so that's why matter is going to be so great for me because for i'll you. get uh so many more products to use in my home yeah so, i mean from the ios perspective yeah it's very limited with HomeKit yeah. versus the android side we do have a wide selection huge but it's always been well, are you going to do Alexa? Which app are you doing? Are yep. you doing Google Assistant? And we have choices, but it's very hard to find a single unified ecosystem yeah. that now with Matter and Google Home app being able to just use one system and get well, things set up in I'm seconds. I'm super excited about the universality of it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the thing, right? Because I use HomeKit, but I still have a Nest. And so we still have to have at least a few apps going at Correct. once. Yeah. Yeah. My my question is though, because the first devices that were announced a couple months ago when they were like, Matter's finally here, but they were still like, Yeah, but we're not fully compatible. Like yeah. we're we're choosing our yeah. our you know API integrations on certain levels but not certain other ones. I'm waiting to see what these all these companies saying we are gonna be matter compatible. Yeah. What the actual implementation is gonna be, because I still think the first year is still gonna be 
crazy and hectic. It's going to be a bit rocky, and it seems like cameras are the big thing that are kind of yet to come. So what's your home system right now? Like a mixture? Our our smart home integration. I mean, we we are a Google Assistant home. We don't do the Alexa stuff. I have some Alexa devices that are like on my shelf for display in the back for for my videos, like the... Their smart display that swivels and yeah, stuff. That's and I'm like, cool. that's cool. I set it up and never used it once because <laughs> Alexa sucks. I mean, there were the last couple of months. There's been people doing side by side Alexa and Google Assistant, and like, yeah, Alexa is the you, worst. You just ever. Uh, triggered everybody. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> well, it's everybody... not just the drop off in skills, but it seems like Alexa, Alexa skills specifically mm-hmm. have kind of fallen by the wayside a little well, bit. Well, but that people was the thing. It, it was always so they were pushing these skills so much, yeah. and that was like the highlight for a while. And then nothing else happened. It kind of like fell off a cliff and there hasn't been any innovation from Amazon at that point. But I think that my my smart home setup is mainly Google Assistant. And I have a variety of webcams, smart plugs from different brands. But for each one of these, I have to have a different app installed. That's the worst. And for me, as someone who reviews smartphones, I'm going going through smartphones all the time. And it's like, do... I, am I using this phone for two to three weeks? Can I get by without installing yeah. seven smart home apps on my phone <laughs> and logging into I them? Know. And so it, it's it's the pain point that we have with our specific jobs that most people don't have. Yeah. So it's not something that the average consumer is going to have to do. But when they do have to upgrade their smartphone to, or buy a new tablet, you have to log into all these different apps. And with Matter finally here, you should be able to do a single app. You can choose which app you want that's Matter compatible. And that's a big deal. It's huge. But though we're going to have to wait for six months to see, is it actually going to be as smooth as what we're hoping it's going to be? I just hope, like a lot of the companies have said, yes, our products are Matter compatible through our hub. So you still have to download the TP-Link app yep. to use TP-Link smart home devices yep. with Matter because right. they all work through the TP-Link hub. And to that point, Samsung announced a new hub yep. that, oh, yeah? that has Qi wireless charging in it. So now you can put it on your yeah, desk. And, and you it's pretty. It's, it's not pretty. It's just a, <laughs> a, a little cube or okay. whatever. And, but it, they added new functionality of it's a wireless charger so my now, biggest... which, which makes it a dual purpose device, which is great. Like, sure. Like if you have to have a little hub, add wireless charging on the inside. Sure. And, yeah. yeah. My biggest thing is I, I'm a mostly Google assistant based but mm-hmm. i have some you know i got some free ring products early on and i'm using them and yep. so i still have some alexa integration oh yeah. sorry uh and <laughs> i you know want to one day get rid of them because as you said it's not that great mm-hmm. the ecosystem from amazon but um what i'm excited about is you know to to see how matter integrates with some of the older standards as well. Like mm. I would love to see a single app, of course, but I'd love to see somebody create like a matter to Zigbee bridge. Sure. Because all, I, all my stuff is almost all Zigbee. Yeah. And it's because it's mostly bulbs. And as I mentioned in last week's podcast, when Shannon and I talked about home automation, I buy these Cree bulbs, $9, Zigbee, dimmable you you pick your mm-hmm. color um balance like your your temperature yeah. they're not rgb right no. yeah. but they're nine dollars yeah and they work they're a smart bulb they work with any zigbee yeah. hub including philips hue mm-hmm. which is yeah. what i'm using as my hub not with philips hue lights mostly with generic zigbee stuff i have yeah. zigbee switches uh for like lights to turn on and off yeah. i have a few other zigbee uh outlet switches yeah so i can turn on a fan and stuff and i got all these over the years they're old and i don't want to get rid of them all so i'm hoping that we see somebody like you or smart things yeah. come out with not just a matter compatible hub but one that incorporates zigbee so you have that backwards compatibility of matter someone's gonna have to do it because it's gonna be awesome because well there there are enough devices on the market that are zigbee devices that people will buy this extra hub to make all these devices backwards compatible yeah yeah Yeah. someone will do it but it will be kind of a stopgap solution because one of the big things missing will be thread integration which is the whole um, you know, uh, mesh network system, which course, those yeah. Zigbee devices won't work with. But, but I'm, I'm, you know, right now I'm using Hue primarily because it's got a really solid support for Zigbee. And I tried smart things and it Zigbee support was, I mean, this is a few years ago. Maybe their new hubs are better, but it was kind of iffy back then. Yeah. Not all the devices would pair properly. Yeah. 
Yeah. Anyway, so home automation matters. That's a big deal. Um, but I want to switch gears to the thing that never really exists much at CS, which is phones. <laughs> and this year is very definitely very quiet. Like we like like in the less past, we've had a few interesting things, but so far well, it's pretty the, dead. The most exciting one last year was the Galaxy S twenty one FE. Of course, and that's, that's right. That whole line essentially has been discontinued. They haven't officially well, announced it. Well, not officially, it. right? Not officially, yeah. but all the rumors and leaks, it's like, yeah. it, it's dead. Because the S21 FE didn't perform at all. Well, I think, I think you know, the S20 FE really brought value to the table. Because but COVID changed everything. Yeah, it brought value to the table because the S20 lineup was too expensive. expensive. Yeah, And so they corrected that, which and meant the FE had no marketplace. And right. COVID made the supplies issue harder so they, it doesn't make sense it, yeah and they launched it six months later right than, and then the know. a series is slowly infringing into the s series uh, in some ways with, with the 50 so lineup let's yeah, speak of the uh I'm, you and i are gonna have a debate and christian you can uh, maybe uh, moderate i'll, I'll here. jump in <laughs> i'll have opinions as the moderator uh, there's a uh, galaxy a14 is that what it is an a14 yes so it's 199 it's, and what other specs 199 it has a six point i believe it's a 6.6 inch display full hd plus Ooh, full hd plus full hd plus lcd not AMOLED. no that's fine 90 hertz 5000 milliamp hour battery nice it's 90 hertz does it charge at three watt it charges at 50, three watt 15 <laughs> watt charging okay uh 199 what kind of processor? Is it's it 5G? A, it's a triple camera on the back. It is a 5G device. Ooh. Oh, so it's the A14 5G. You forgot a, the end of the it name. It could there. be the A14 5G. Are we still 5G. calling 5G phone with a 5G moniker? I hope on? not. So, but so many brands knowing, are. Knowing some of the phone brands that we know and love, we so probably are. So many of them are. <laughs> I bet you that when we get our OnePlus 11s, they're going to be OnePlus 11 5Gs on the box. Uh-huh. Anyway, um, what processor do we know? Um, I'm gonna have to look that up because I don't know it. But it's five G, probably it, MediaTek. It it could be. Um, but so it's a, it's a one ninety nine. Let's phone. just give MediaTek some love. Yeah, yeah, like, it could be. Media. Love, no, Media we're gonna Tech. give MediaTek some love in a second when we talk about something else. Because oh yeah, yeah, they, yeah. There's there's a tablet that I really want want that's running a MediaTek chipset. Okay. Um, but it is coming announced coming to AT and T. Yeah. Uh, which means it's probably going to be coming to some of AT&T MVNOs here in the U.S. as well. Right. Um, no but, unlocked variant. Yeah. But so, I mean, there are a couple other devices competing at that price point. You know, Motorola has is notorious with their Moto G yeah. devices at that price point. My issue, and technically on paper, the Motorola devices are probably going to be better. Well, I don't agree. Tell I'm me, actually, no, this is the reverse of what we discussed <laughs> yeah. in the car. Okay. so Because <laughs> now that you told me this has 5G, and what did you say the camera system is about? It's a triple camera on the back. I'm looking up the specs 50, here. probably, like a cheap 50 sensor. Okay, look. This it is, is a Dimensity 700, four, okay. gigs, four gigs of RAM and 64 gigs of storage. And, and micro SD. My, and micro SD and 3.5 millimeter. And the cameras? Do you have the specs there? Now, hold on a second. Just, <laughs> Just got a Fandroid for the win right here. <laughs> Come back to me in a little bit. Anyway, Come back to so me my, my original thesis was 199 for this, but I didn't think it had 5G. I thought the display was 720p, and I figured the camera would be some glorified 13 megapixel or 16 megapixel sensor. Two with, megapixel macro. As I said, yeah, of course, <laughs> obligatory. And I was going to say three watt charging, as I was jokingly saying before. But in that, in, that, in that sense, it wouldn't be much better than a Moto G Play, which costs 169 The new one, the 2023 one they just sent us. Yeah. I reluctantly said yes. I don't have it. I anyway, got it as well. I've simply unboxed it. Me too. <laughs> I haven't even set it up. It's just gathering dust on my desk right now. But the point is that that, that, this, that phone has a 720p LCD with 90 hertz, has a G something 4G chip, the MediaTek 4G chip, one of the mm-hmm. higher-end Helios. Yeah. It has three gigs of RAM, 32 gigs of storage and micro SD. It has a 13, I think, megapixel camera in the back and some kind of depth sensor or maybe a macro, probably a macro because everybody does a macro and I hate them all. I hate all the macros. Um, anyway, unless I have autofocus. Well, they don't. They don't. Not, not, <laughs> That's not the at this price That's point. the problem. But the point is that, okay, look, 169 for that Moto and also 5,000 milliamp hour, 10 watt charging. And it's really not that impressive. And 169, it works for this market, but this is a sub 100 euro phone in, 
in yeah. India or something, like yeah. a dollar phone, right? The point is that this now has 1080p. This has probably a slightly better camera. It has faster charging by five watts. It has a Dimensity, <laughs> a Dimensity 700, I know. Which makes right? a big difference. A Dimensity is going to be a huge improvement. Over the Helio, and yeah. And four gigs and 64 is better, they're way better than three and 32 for Android today. Yeah. And, and that to me, for $30 more, 100%. Yes. And you know what else the Moto doesn't have? Of course, NFC. And I bet you the Samsung This is does. probably going to have NFC. So I take away... I, take, I think this I've is convinced you. We, we talked about like... <laughs> you said convince me about how it's going to be better. And, and you convinced better. yourself. I know. Once you read the specs, I was like, okay. Yeah, I mean, sucky. and so the U.S. market's only getting the black version, of course. Why? <laughs> but there's... there's what other colors are there? It's going to be white and like a goldish beige I color. I want my sure. orange uh, phones. Where's my orange phone? I oh, want that green that's wait, been on my all techno, the... Uh... My techno is coming next week. Yeah. My the... orange techno. <laughs> <laughs> techno. No, and so for a 199 device... And I'm not even drinking. But nobody's <laughs> going to pay that full price. It's it's going to be discounted, of yeah. course, and you're you're going to get carrier deals. I would say the only downside for me is the software experience, which yeah. I still so prefer. Right. Moto would be better, 100%. Yes, 100%. Um, but yeah, I mean, Samsung said that they're committing... I don't know if it applies to their A-series, but most of their devices now are getting four years of software updates of Android. Is version. that actually happening on that phone? I don't know if I don't know if it's happening on the A series, but their S series they are. So okay, here's my so hot at, take. I would take two years of updates on mm, Moto's mm, software over four yeah, years of One UI. Really? Maybe. I, I mean, honestly, high five. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in. That's totally true. I mean, the last couple of reviews on Samsung devices that I've done because I've shitted over the the software on Sam, <laughs> Samsung's devices over the last couple of years. I, I've just dogged on them for so long. Someone, I didn't mention how bad the software was. And someone left a comment like, so you like the software now? <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, I just, yeah, I just didn't want to talk about it. Because yeah. that's like, it, for me, it, it is a pain point. Honestly, software. it has gotten better, but I still prefer a stock yeah. skin. Yeah. No, look, I'm, I'm in agreement. Um, my producer, Theo, has a Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3. Everybody who listens to the podcast knows this. And I repeat the same story every time. They're super frustrated with the user experience. And, you know, I'm on a Pixel, and I feel like every time I try to tell them how to do something, it seems to take three more steps than what I do on my yeah. Pixel. And they get mad at me because rightfully so. It's just way more complicated on the Samsung phone. Yeah. So... But Moto is so much more closer to like stock EOS. But I mean, speaking of Moto, they've got a device too. Okay, so I'm year. actually excited about it. And you're not. No, I am, but I don't think it's going to make a difference in the market at all. Like it's okay. it's a good phone. Nobody is going to buy it. Like no, but it's not the point. Um, no, it's not. I'm it's going to show the phone to the Patreons who are watching on video. By the way, folks, if you haven't figured this out yet. There is a video version you get on Patreon. You pay a bit of money, you support me, and you get a video version of the podcast a day in advance of the audio version with extra stuff and swearing and all the good things. And Nick's so, beautiful face. And, and Nick's beautiful, beautiful face. face. And my We're trying face. Um, here's the phone again. Uh, and it is a Think phone. It's a ThinkPad well, themed cosmetically Moto Edge, basically, of correct. some kind. And it, but it's Lenovo branded. Yes. Lenovo ThinkPad from Motorola. Like, That's I, 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 an uphill okay. battle. Okay. Yeah, right? I was it's very complicated. <laughs> I was very skeptical initially, and I still am because availability and pricing are completely TBD at this point. Okay. And we're looking at in a few months from what I managed to like tweak out of the PR people. Correct. But here's the thing. I went into it thinking, oh, you know, it's going to be another one of those motor phones. It's going to have many compromises and the software is going to be awesome. And of course, the integration with the business stuff, like the enterprise stuff is going to be awesome. And hopefully it, it feels nice because it's ThinkPad, you know, build quality. Yeah. But then I looked at the specs and I'm like, if they can sell this at a decent price, of course, with a bit of a premium for the ThinkPad branding, I think this could be a good phone because Snapdragon 8 Plus Gen 1. You know how it is that we get we get the lesser edge phones here in North yes. America? And this get... looks like one of the better edge phones that they sell abroad. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The, uh, the OLED is 120 hertz, but has perfectly even rim around it. You never see that on a motor phone. 
You know, usually you get the 144 hertz, but then you get a chin at the bottom. The chin yeah. at the bottom. And it's yeah. a 1080p panel. It's only 6.6 inch, so it's not a huge phone. Yeah. It's got a huge 5,000 milliamp hour battery, 68 watt charging. We've never seen that on a phone in, in the US from Moto. I do want to point out one thing. Motorola, with it, it's even with the new Moto G that we just got on their charging bricks, they're doing a stylish yeah they tell for, you the, the charging, charging speed. speed it's kind of okay. because cool. usually you have to like look at the bottom of it and it says volts and watts and you have <laughs> yeah. to do the conversion and to figure out in what fact it and I it's have... like no so the moto g1 was like i think it was 18 here. watt charging or whatever yeah yeah, and, yeah here, 68 look. watt charging this is what it looks like on the here bricks. for you and I mean, oh, yeah. they're yeah. they're proud of it, and that's cool. Thank you, Moto, for doing that because now I can pick up a charger and be like, "Oh, sixty eight watt charger." I know yeah, what yeah. It is. And yeah. this one is PD compliant. You can charge your yes. ThinkPad and your laptops with it, so that's actually really cool. But continuing the specs on the phone front, fifty megapixel rear camera with OIS, thirteen megapixel ultra wide with autofocus for macro, so not no that's BS. Good. It's got a depth sensor in the back too, which is BS, but whatever. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll accept it. I'll allow it. Um, it has. A bunch 8, of cool features. 8K video capture. 8K video capture. Again, yeah. lots of storage and, and options. It's got, I think, 8 and 12 gigs of storage op uh, RAM option and 128, 256, 512 storage options. Okay. I don't know if it has wireless charging. Do we have specs on that? Wireless charging. It has wireless 15 charging. Watt. 15 watt. It has a, 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 a in-display fingerprint sensor, of course. And here's the thing. The specs are solid and better. Like, they don't have the compromises like a Verizon contaminated moto, you know what I'm saying? Sure. Where they remove things. Yeah. It's also going to be only three SKUs worldwide for all the band support. So when you buy a US model, it'll probably work in most places if you travel, if you're a business person. So there's a lot of things. But then I, and then I touched it and I was like, aluminum frame, no BS here. This mm -hmm. is the real deal. And the back is Kevlar and it's like, like nice. It feels like a ThinkPad. It feels really good in hand. It's a little squarish, but it has enough roundness in the back that it feels really nice in hand. Stereo speakers. And I'm like, this is the best Moto phone I have handled and yes. I want it. But I, and I'll say that's this. why I'm super excited about it. They messed up one thing with oh, the design. Oh, you're right about they that. They messed up one thing with the design. So anyone who has one of their ThinkPad, ThinkBooks, with the logo on the lid, you know the eye is red and it's a light, <laughs> yeah. it's a light up LED. Yeah. And I, I was putting Notification the light. I, I was putting the the laptop next to the phone to take some pictures, and I closed the lid a little bit so you still see the keyboard and you know just lining them up perfectly. And as I closed the lid on the laptop, the light on the lid lit up red, and I, the phone was just there on the desk, and I looked at it and I was like. They screwed it up because the phone <laughs> does not light up. It would have been the perfect yeah, opportunity that would have been killer. to be a notification light on the back of the phone with the red LED. Yeah. And I, I talked to one of the here's PR what, people. I was like, here's you messed what up. He's talking about. Let me show you guys on the Patreon. I love how my Pixel is set up to do the eye thing where it checks my eye and doesn't yep. do the orientation change. <laughs> you see the little red dot here on the bottom right on the, corner on the thing phone thing. That's what should be a notification LED. But um, version two, version version two. two. Room I'm actually excited because I feel like this is one of the best motors, including that that Moto Edge 30, 30 Fusion Magenta Pantone Edition that I've requested a review unit of. Um, although that's a Snapdragon 888 Plus, which is not that great. But I'm honestly very excited because this is finally a motor phone that feels like it didn't get kind of Americanized. And no, it feels it feels like the motor. And it's gonna have motor it, software plus enhancements to integrate with ThinkPad. So and it's actually not just ThinkPad, it's Windows 10 and 11. Correct. It feels nice. like the Lenovo team worked on it. Right. What did, have they announced pricing? No. No. Okay. And, that, and that's where I'm skeptical. That's the place where I'm skeptical about it because it's targeted towards uh, enterprise the business, and business enterprise, yeah. which means top dollar. This is going to be a nine hundred dollars. Yeah, nine ninety nine. I I'm don't think that now. that's good enough. I don't think that they can convince customers at that price point. There's too many good phones at that price. No, but like when you're talking about the IT department at a Fortune 500 company that's already purchasing ThinkBooks that are, that are overpriced. Sure. It's just another line item for them. And they have these, like you're talking corporate budgets for people that are buying thousands, thousands of laptops at a time. Well, yeah. we'll see. I'm like, not sure. So it's, it's not a consumer phone. 
Yeah. You're, you can, you will be able to buy it directly from Lenovo.com. Yeah. You're never going to see this in the wild. I'm not convinced the ThinkPad brand is enough to sell. No. And no. The, the, the thing is, it's going to be that the buying manager at a Fortune 100 company sure. who, who sees this new thing pop up, and they're like, oh, we could buy some ThinkPad. Some think phones. Think phones. Okay, let's do that. Yeah. But it's only going to be like, oh, this is cool. I want this, so I'm going to make the company buy it. Yeah. Right. And that's yeah. the only way these are actually going to sell. Now, there's like, another there's no thing. incentive for a regular consumer to go out and buy There's another thing yeah. that's great other than the fantastic hand feel. And if you love the ThinkPad, I don't own a ThinkPad. I actually have an old ThinkPad 600 from 1999 that I run Linux on. Sure. That's the only ThinkPad I have. But if you have touched a ThinkPad, you know how they feel so great. Yes. They're so well made. This thing feels like a rock. And it's mil-spec drop and dust and water resistant, which means that it's designed to take a beating. It's got Victus Gorilla glass in the front, that aluminum frame, and this basically Kevlar reinforced plastic back. That thing is, you're going to be able to step on that thing and not break it, which on a concrete floor in a factory, which is amazing. Step on the thing and not break the back, the glass on the front. (laughs) Do you think the Victus will break? If you step up, yeah. So, (laughs) So they were clear to say it's mil spec, the back is mil spec. Okay, and the not, frame. They said the frame is well. Mil-spec. It's 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 aluminum, so like aluminum's not going to break. But it's going to the glasses. The <laughs> the Victus is glasses. The Victus is, is Victus. Yeah, I mean it's it's the same as any other. I'm just I'm just I don't know. There's something about that phone that I went into it going yeah, and then I touched it today and I was like oh wow yeah. oh wow this I want it so bad and I should have seen the Moto PR people they lit right up like, yeah <laughs> <I'll> bet yeah. <laughs> You know, because it's like always, I'm the one, you know, who talks to Doug at Moto and says like, come on, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? Why? And then this time I'm like, okay, guys. I mean, other than the lit up eye as a notification, that would have been super dope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would have, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll take it. This is going to be my Moto phone of choice. Yeah. And it's a Lenovo. So, but speaking of phones really quickly, I want to wrap up on that and maybe move on to tablets because there's some Lenovo stuff you want to talk about. Yeah. We do have to talk about TCL really briefly. Do we? Do we have to? If, if you want to, they have a phone. No, no, they have multiple phones. Um, I actually want to. This and be tablets. A, exactly. I want to segue into the tablets at TCL. So, they, I've got a summary slide here. I went to the. I actually went. I, I broke my rules. I decided <laughs> that I wasn't going to go to any CS press conferences at all oh. this year, and I went to the TCL. One. I saw you there. Yeah, yeah. they kind of talked me into it. Did but they? I, yeah, I've, I've, <laughs> you should go to that. I have, I have no I went regrets. For the TVs. All right, so we have three TCL. 40 series smartphones announced and they're all very very meh um, but they're very very cheap but yeah but you see this is the thing that is disappointing to me is that i have a tcl 30 series from like this year or last year 2022 and and compared to the 20 series where there was that pro yeah which was really nice aluminum yeah, glass yeah. you know it had ois wireless charging it's like even the 10 Pro before it, like they made an effort yeah, to make right. a, a kind of an upper budget, lower mid range ish phone that was premium. Yeah. And I miss those days of TCL. The 30 series had nothing like that. And the 40 series looks like it's even more downgraded in budget. So we got a TCL um, 40R 5G, $219. 5G, it's the only 5G phone lineup. Has and that's a, the highest end one. Yeah, it has a teardrop notch and a massive chin. <sighs> and then we've got a 40. It's essentially in the same category as the A15 for Correct. Samsung. But I think that Samsung's got them beat. This is a better display, though, for sure. What, what were the specs on the display? I don't have the specs in front of me, but it's 1080p. It's 60 hertz, though. It's 60 hertz. So, I mean, it, it, it's probably a toss-up at that price range anyways. Right, right. right. Yeah. Then they have the 40SE, which is a 4G phone, 169. And again, nothing memorable about it. Oh, by the way, the, the 5G model has a 50 megapixel rear camera. Then there's a TCL. So they're doing weird numbering now. The foreign market phones, actually, because there's a bunch more that they didn't show for North America because yeah. of CS in North America, but they're coming out with them. There's They're 400 series, so 40 yeah. and a number. 48, 408 is a 129, and that one, I, I think my eyes would close before I finish reading <laughs> the spec sheet. It's probably that bad. Which means we should move on. Yes, but uh-huh. what I want to move on about, which I was really excited about by uh, TCL, was... The TCL 
X12 Go Windows on ARM two-in-one laptop tablet thing where it's like the old Asus where you can slide the, the tablet and it's actually a laptop, mm -hmm. not like one of those janky origami paper almost keyboard that Surface does. Yeah. Like it's the real deal. It's like those bridge docks oh, for yeah. the iPad. Yeah. And it's got a Snapdragon 7CX or whatever. Okay. Like it, it is, you know, I love Windows on ARM even though it's not quite there yet because I love the dream you yes. like I have. If you actually used one, you know I the have, dream has painful. not like the come thought to reality. You know, but my point is, I have used them and it's not there. But I had an M1 MacBook Air, I have an M2 MacBook Air, and I know it could be done. Oh, it can, it be, done. can be done. And on Mac, you can actually run like Adobe Anything. applications <laughs> on ARM. So this on thing Windows, is this thing can. is this thing is badass. Like I just love it. I just think it's so good. I'm so happy it exists. There it is. What the, was the price point on um, it? They didn't announce a price yet. Okay. They didn't announce pricing for anything. No, they did only the phones and they had the earbuds and some of the tablets. Yeah, I've got the summary the, slide the here. The tablets were announced. But here's the thing. It's exciting to me that we see a company like TCL, which I feel is very conservative in taking risks, right? Let's be real. Their TVs are always, obviously, they're kind of the showcase. The bread but and butter. The, the the tablets are very boring. They're very much designed for kids, it seems to me. Yeah. The phones are very budget and for basically for prepaid carriers. And and here we have this thing that's like, oh, ARM, Windows on up. Oh, and it's like this two-in-one, but in a good way, like bridge. Yeah. I was like, okay, this is cool. But that segues us nicely into so Lenovo, which is, if you love... Android tablets, which very few people do, <laughs> but if you've been wanting an Android tablet that is not a $350 tablet that may have a large display, but the second you touch the screen, you realize the processor is from nine years ago and you have two gigs of RAM to go along <sighs> with it. You, you might mean be a, a Fire tablet? Yeah, or, or <laughs> honestly, some of TCL's previous tablets, some of Lenovo's oh, yeah. previous, yeah. Oh, yeah. some of Samsung's tablets. So Samsung right now is kind of the leader in the Android tablet space if you want a high-end Android tablet. Yeah. But Lenovo just came out with their new tablet, and it's called the Lenovo Tab Extreme. <laughs> that is the name Yes. Of it. it is. The, so what That's was a great name. Just, how much RAM do you think the Lenovo Tab Extreme comes with? <laughs> just as an aside anecdote, my producers behind the camera right now is literally shaking their heads at the name. <laughs> okay. Um, but, but Extreme, how is it Extreme? How much RAM do you think it comes with? Three 16. gigabytes. 12. Okay. okay. <laughs> Base storage. 256. 256. Good. Uh, OLED? 14.5 inch OLED. 14.5? Wow. Who uses a tablet that's that huge. <laughs> You can kill someone with that. HDR10 plus on the display. 120 hertz display. So it's as good okay. as a Huawei tab. How, how big do you Pro. think the battery is? Oh. 8,000 milliamp hour. 12,300 <laughs> milliamp hour. <laughs> But how long does it power that 14-inch display? 12 hours of video playback. Okay. 5G? No 5G. Wi-Fi 6E. Powered by? Powered by a Dimensity 9000 chipset. Okay. Which means, that is kind of unusual considering they have the Companion chipsets. Which means this is the most powerful Android tablet ever. <laughs> like, it, How is it, that a good thing? <laughs> no, but like... If you are the person, like, you look at the people that walk around with the MacBook, with the iPad yeah. the, Pro, the Pro yeah. and you're like, they're doing all this cool stuff, and my tap, like, you can technically do the cool stuff on Android. They're just underpowered. Wait, no, the cool stuff is the software. <laughs> True. But you can hack it and make sure. it do, you can. Doesn't but the, Samsung have something that good, like the Tab Pro or something? Yeah, but it's like two years old. The last good. Oh, they haven't updated. They it. didn't update it this year. Oh, so it, it's Samsung. A, it's like a Snapdragon eight eighty eight. Have Ooh. they announced pricing for this Tab Extreme? Twelve hundred dollars. Okay, okay. Twelve hundred dollar tablet. Four hundred dollars more than the base okay. iPad but, Pro. But here's the thing: it comes with a it <laughs> comes with a folio keyboard case. Yes. Okay. So the iPad Pro plus the folio case gets to to a thousand. Maybe yeah. 1050 
and pen integration and support for that. Okay. Um, Is the pen as good as the pen? It's the Lenovo pen. Like, okay, it, so it's, it's the Lenovo right. pen. It because has you know wireless. the iPad is like the reference. Yeah, right? it has wireless charging built into the pen and all that. And to be fair, that I'm the prices I'm saying for the iPad are for the Base. 11 inch model. For yeah. the 11, so this you is want a 14, 14 inch. inch tablet. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm not saying this is going to compete with the iPad yeah. Pro. But this is the equivalent of on the Android side, which sure. we don't have. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I've, for years, I've looked at the Android tablet space and I'm like, why don't we have a good device? Like, just put all the specs in. Yeah. And if we want to buy it, let us buy it. They put all the specs in. Is there a DaVinci result for Android? There is not. <laughs> there is not. There <laughs> yeah, is not. Got a couple years before that. No, but there, there, are, there are other premium video editing apps for for android that you can do on your smartphone and they work on the tablets as well yeah so you can do it so like i'm excited to see what the actual user experience is and lenovo has their productivity uh mode on some of their tablets as well on their smaller tablets which gives you like a dock across the bottom and stuff like that for additional mode so kind of a desktop experience yeah Um, i kind of remember that and it totally makes sense for a device this big I'm excited to see what the user experience is. So the it also so as I said, it comes with the detachable folio case. It's magnetically attached. Mm-hmm. Once you pull that off, it has a second attachable kickstand that's built in that you can take off as well. So you can take it off. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can take it that. off the the folio case, and then you can stand it up portrait mode or landscape just on a desk without the folio case, and it all all included. Um, which and the pens included. And the pens included as well. Okay. And the pen's included, and it's built in, so you can attach it to the top, the back on the top, or the bottom of it. And if you put it at the bottom, then when you fold it up, it folds into the folio case, so it doesn't come off. That's and cool. You oh, slip it into your bag, right, and it, right. it's, it's it folded into the case, so it doesn't come off. How thin yeah. is it? It's it's pretty thin. I would say like, like six eight, millimeters, seven? Well, seven to eight, yeah. Okay. I mean, hmm. it's it sounds massive. good. It's, it's like... 1.7 pounds so it's heavy that's yeah. just the tablet without the folio case so yeah. with i don't know it's it's interesting to me because we don't have anything in that space right within android right see the thing about this is this interesting to me is that christian here is like one of the biggest apple users in the world i don't know about that <laughs> but you know they review a lot of android review, products that's what i'm saying but you're very heavily in the apple ecosystem so you actually know the apple ecosystem better than most journalists that i talk to sure that are also reviewing android you know what i'm saying most yeah. of them are apple specialists yeah. at the level of apple use that you have yeah and so you know i think that the ipad obviously has many use cases especially now with the you know DaVinci Resolve and other, yeah. you know, all the music apps and yeah. those, you know. But I feel like for me, when I pull on Android tablet, the sweet spot for me is like that Redmi tablet that came out at the same time as the oh, yeah. as the Xiaomi 12T series. They sent me one and it's like 299 or 250, yeah. 249. I remember and that. And it's like, it kicks ass. It's a metal and glass tablet, super thin. It's got a beautiful IPS panel. It's powered by... I don't know, like some Dimensity processor. Yes, and, but it's an Asia only, and it's device. ten inches. And you watch Netflix on that thing, and the sound is great, the image is great, and that's what I need on an Android tablet. I need more than that, and I that's what want, most people need. It's I don't something want to watch a GCL crap tablet or a Fire crap tablet. But like right? you, you can watch Netflix on any of these tablets. The problem yeah. is the second you press the home button, it waits three seconds. Yeah, but not yeah. on that one. Not on that one, but you can't buy that one in Europe or North America or South America. It's yeah. a it's an Asia only device. Yeah, I'm saying it. I've used it. As Do well. I That's, need more though? I don't know. No, but you can't buy it. <laughs> right. Like well, that, yeah, that's you, the problem. You, you can't can buy, buy it, it on Amazon. It's like imported. Like Redmi has. Yeah, stuff yeah it's going to import with without a warranty and whatever. Who like, needs a warranty when you spend two hundred fifty dollars on you, a tablet? Like some of these ta- like. Have you okay. used some of these Chinese brands? They're not going to last more than. <laughs> Come seven. on, Redmi is awesome. I've had devices fail on me within two weeks from Redmi. So really, I've yeah. never had any issues. I've, I've had to send devices back to PR. We're like this phone won't turn on. Weird. Yeah, like look. Anyway, the point I'm making is that to me, this is where I kind of cap it off with Android tablets. Like yeah. I get the iPad, although I, when it gets to iPad Pro, I'm starting to be like, "Come on, MacBook guys," because uh, to me, I want a pickup truck, not a whatever. Steve Job analogy talked about the <laughs> yeah. iPad, right? Like, I want the heavy duty thing with a command. Like, like, look, I was editing P 
P-Lists files, the last thing I did was a P-List Audacity file because Audacity is not compatible with uh, the latest OS. And uh, you have to kind of tweak it sometimes to get it to do things. Anyway, the point I'm making is I am more excited about the Lenovo Yoga Book. And the Yoga Book is kind of amazing, the latest one. I've got the specs here. So imagine a laptop, you pick it up, it looks like a laptop, and you open it up. Instead of a keyboard and trackpad, it's got a completely separate, identical display there. And both are OLED displays, and they are 13.3. So two 13.3, 2.8K OLEDs at 60 hertz, HDR Dolby Vision, and... You know, the thing is thin, it's light, I mean, light-ish. It it's, runs, actually, it's actually heavy. Well, I mean... I mean, when you consider it's two it's displays... Metal, it's metal, but it's, it's metal. It's but it's, it's, it's a lot heavier than their regular yoga Yeah, devices. of course, because yeah. yoga books are pretty light. Yeah. Windows 11, Intel Core i7U series, 16 gigs of RAM, 512 gigs of storage, and, you know, serious speakers, big battery, US, USB-C, three of them. Wi-Fi 6E, anyway, it's good. But here's what blew my mind about it, is that you put eight fingers on the bottom screen in laptop mode, yeah. and a keyboard pops up with a trackpad, right? And then you slide the fingers down, and the keyboard moves to the bottom where the trackpad would be, and you get two kind of like Widgets. Asus, you know, style, workspace display areas yeah. that yeah. you can configure. And then it comes with a magnetic keyboard, Put over the glass. That you can put over the glass and instantly the trackpad appears at the bottom. And if you slide the keyboard to another magnetic lock on the bottom, you get the two extra workspace displays. Yeah. I love it. Like, I'm not even a Windows user. And I'm like, I want this so bad. This is... like, And, also, and you don't have to worry about, if, you know, one of those... Uh, they've made the, the one that has the folding screen, so, right? So you don't have the stress point of the fold. Yeah. It, it looks and feels really solid. I don't know. It's perfect. So it also comes with a folio case for the keyboard that then allows you to stand the laptop yeah. up. So I actually have that as a photo. So it stands the laptop up so it looks like a dual display like this. stacked on top of itself. Cool. And then the keyboard <laughs> is on the bottom. So it's kind of insane. So that's it open, stacked on this little, you know, Folio stand, and then the keyboard is magnetically attached at the bottom. Crazy. That's kind of cool. That's cool. I mean, that thing kind of blew my mind because, you know, the yoga book, when it first came out with the uh, one half was uh, uh, e-ink, mm -hmm. I got one of the review unit, and it was super thin, and I loved it. It was a little slow and compromised. There was a lot of issues with it. But it, I could see the future. It was like, yeah. yeah. Like, I really, truly believe that this our laptops in five years, 10 years are going to be all like this. Yeah. It's going to be totally standard. The only thing that And probably folding in the middle, like an actual one-piece display that folds. The only thing that for me is I love the tactile feel, feel of a keyboard and typing. I sat there for five minutes, like trying to record video of me typing on the screen. I was like, this just feels... That's why you have the, the keyboard. No, I know. But it was like, this just feels wrong. I need the magnetic keyboard. Yeah. But then also the magnetic keyboard is like, it's so easy to close your laptop and walk away versus close the dual screen. And then you have to wrap up the keyboard into the folio case. And then the folio case doesn't magnetically attach to the outside of this. Yeah. That's one thing they miss. The folio case should have magnetically attached to the to outside, the outside yeah. so yeah. that you don't have two separate things. Gen one, gen two is going to be better. Gen three is going to be better than that. As you said, in five years, this could be the future. Right now, I don't think. It's really cool. It really it's surprised really cool. me because I knew that was kind of a logical thing. I have to do the ink that they would yeah. go to full display. Well, and then, so it is the yoga hinge as yeah. well. So you can flip it so that it's like tent mode. So you have one screen looking at you and someone else on the other side of the table is looking at another screen. You can do like yeah. a presentation, a sales yeah. pitch to somebody. So there's lots of use cases for it. Um, it'll just be interesting I don't think they had the price no, on it yet. No. Like, I'm just imagining this is $2,400. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's going to be expensive. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, it's going to be expensive. We're running out of time, so I want to rapid fire some other things. We're going to talk briefly about some car stuff and um, some AR stuff. I saw uh, TCL had AR glasses that were powered by Snapdragon XR2, and they looked... A little chunky, but a little, definitely more manageable than the previous ones, right? Wouldn't yeah. you say? Here they are, called the TCL 
Rayneo X2. Here it is for the uh, folks on Patreon. And um, yeah, they, they, they looked more manageable. The guy's actually wearing them in this photo. And you can see <laughs> he kind of looks like, uh, you know, he should be like some kind of villain. <laughs> because the glasses are so thick, but um, super villain. But look, it's cool. It's got a camera built in, speakers built in, everything. That's cool. Um, so I mean, it's it's we're finally slowly getting to the point where we might see some AR devices that are glasses that are standalone that can be used for a few hours that are not too chunky. Oh. And you know, slowly, but it's every year. It's a bit of an improvement. So I mean, that's got me excited. Yeah. The other thing that got me excited is in car world, obviously I've talked about EQXX at the beginning of this podcast, but I want to talk quickly about the fact that Volkswagen launched a new EV called the ID7. And uh, I don't know much about it. Do you know anything about it, Christian? Very little. I have to check it out still. Yeah, me too. So, you know, stay tuned for next week when I'll have more <laughs> on that stuff. Sony announced that their partnership with Honda is actually coming to fruition. and. They're actually going to launch a car in North America in 2026, which looks a lot like the very original concept that they brought. Mm -hmm. What was it, in 2020? Yeah, 2020. 2020 Not like the SUV we saw last year. And this, the takeaway here is mostly that the name of it, (laughs) which I thought was kind of a bad name, Afila. Afila. A-F-E-E-L. A, so like A feel A. Do you say it A feel A? Do so you say A feel A? Is this, this is Sony plus Honda Sony plus Honda, Honda creating a, a new brand. Of, okay. And Sony is providing the infotainment, the ADAS, the camera systems, software. the software. And um, Honda is providing the drivetrain, the manufacturing, the chassis, the, the yeah. body, all the stuff that's car stuff. And of course, the EV part. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, I feel like this could work. I feel like because, I mean, the name aside, I feel like because Honda has not really, like all Japanese makers, kind of really, you know, gone into the EV land, other than the Honda E, which is sold in Europe, which is a really small, low range, but really cool EV, kind of like the Mini Cooper E here. Yeah, yep. Other than that, they really haven't gone into a serious EV. They've announced that they're going to do it. So, and Toyota's done the BZ4X, which is kind of meh. Well, like the point is, this could be a, a you know like an Ionic Six or Model Three competitor if done right. And coming from Japan, that's going to be exciting. Yeah, but to be clear, Honda hasn't done a, a real you know important EV yet, and the city car. they're arguing that they might the city car. by twenty twenty six, and so you know that's still. F- Four, three years away? That's my issue is the time frame. Like yeah. They're, they're announcing something that sounds similar to what we have, we to have now. Yeah. It's nothing till it's out. Yeah. And it could be that they have some battery technology developments because we know the batteries are evolving and they're getting better. And it could be that that's maybe something that they're working on that they're hoping is going to be available by then. Yeah. That could give them a leg up on the competition if they have something that's, you know, a next-gen battery system, right? Yeah. Did they say what the range is? No, is uh, we don't know anything about it. And, <laughs> and that, 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 to me, means they still haven't decided on it or they have this battery system that yeah. could be next-gen. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, again, hopefully I'll do a follow-up podcast on yeah. the other stuff because, like, we're... It, it starts tomorrow. More stuff's going to be announced tomorrow. Another thing that's going to be announced tomorrow, which by the time you hear this podcast will be public, is that Mercedes is going to launch its own charging network in North America, starting in North America. But they're going nuts with it. They're taking it really seriously. And I think that's exciting because no other car manufacturers than Tesla has done that yet. Okay. Well, Rivian's done it a little bit, but it's not high speed. They've kind of right. that they're, they're out in the country network thing that they're working on. There's like yeah. 10 stations, like two years in or something. I'm exaggerating. There's probably more than that. But the point is, this is kind of exciting to me. But anyway, we should wrap up and and, um, there'll be more. There's TVs, obviously. We haven't even talked about that. Strangely, Sony did not launch any TVs, which is kind of crazy. That's Uh, insane. LG did some TVs. Samsung did some TVs. TCL, Hisense. But that's not what we are here. We're about mobile. So you guys want to quickly pimp your prospective publications and work and social media handles start with you, Nick? 
Uh, you can find me on uh, fandroid.com and all the coverage that our team's doing this week. Uh, I thank my team for all the coverage because they're doing <laughs> a killer job. Thank you, guys. You're just taking photos and video, right? I'm mainly focusing on socials this week. So check out the Fandroid Instagram and TikTok and Shorts Fandroids on Instagram and TikTok or Fandroid YouTube channel on YouTube. Cool. What cool. about you? I'm freelancing. I'm writing for Forbes and Tom's Guide, and I'm covering cars at Digital Trends, and I'm doing some reviews at BGR, and you can mostly just find me on Twitter where I'll link to all of that stuff. What's your handle? At C-D-E-L-O-O-P-E-R. C-D-E-L-O-O-P-E-R. Do you do Instagram? Sometimes. <laughs> okay, same Just handle. do Twitter. <laughs> okay, just do Twitter. And folks, you know where to find me on the internet. I'm at Tankerl on Twitter. That's T-N-K-G-R-L. Uh, like the comic book character, drop the vowels. Also the same handle on Instagram. Who knows how long we'll all be on Twitter this year. But right now, if you want to chat with the three of us, probably Twitter's the best since Christian's more active there. And that's generally where the conversations happen about the podcast. Insta is where you'll find pretty pictures of phones, pretty pictures of cars, of food, travel, cool things taken with phones. So check that out. There is also a couple of YouTube channels to subscribe to, youtube.com slash mobile tech podcast, youtube.com slash mobile tech more. You know how YouTube works. Like, subscribe, tell your friends, click the little bell, comment. If you want to comment about the podcast on a YouTube video, do it. I'd love to interact with you. So that's one great way to do it because you'd be a little longer than on Twitter. And, uh, you know, the podcast lives at mobiletechpodcast.com. We're on all the big platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Spotify, everywhere good podcasts can be found. If your app lets you rate or review the show, please consider doing that. That helps. And then if you want to help even more, Patreon is where it's at, patreon.com slash tankgirl. That's patreon.com slash T-N-K-G-R-L. There is a few things there you can do that are basically going to help out. One tier is i think the one that you'll probably like the most is the video version you get it a day or so maybe two days ahead and it's less edited and of course it's video so you can see us hold phones and talk about stuff in person so it's pretty great and then there's also a discord server you can join if you want to chat and there's a bunch of other perks there so check out patreon.com slash tnkgrl and please help me out if you can. If you don't like Patreon, I get it. There's a link in the show notes. You can click through it and get a PayPal donation to me. Like buy me a coffee for $5 or something. I appreciate all of you who are on Patreon and those of you who have made donations on PayPal. So please help me make this podcast happen. Help me if you can. And then finally, I want to thank Audible, our longtime sponsor. Audible is where it's at for, you know, audiobooks. If you like to read, but you don't want to, read because your eyes are tired or you're a delivery driver driving all day and you want to hear books this is a place to go we have a deal for you 30-day free trial you get to keep a book at the end audibletrial.com slash mobile tech is url that's audibletrial.com slash mobile tech as you know audible is full of books some of them are really like massive 11 12 hours long some of them are really short. You have some short content there. They have some exclusive podcasts. Some of the books are read by the authors. I just think it's a really great ecosystem. If you love books, you should check it out. And you can use this link to help out the podcast if you're not already a member. So consider doing that. And I want to thank Audible for always being there for us and being our sponsor. And also, I want to thank Nick and Christian for being my guests Absolutely. on the show. Thanks, guys. Always a pleasure. Folks, we'll have another show maybe before next week, but definitely next week. So stay tuned for that. And until then, cheers, everybody. This has been the Mobile Tech Podcast with Tank Girl, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. You can visit us online at mobiletechpodcast.com.